Do I have to use this mic? I do? I don't have to? Can I use one of these? Okay. Oh, you record from this mic. Okay. This, this message ain't that good. All right. Because I get kind of crazy when I speak. Um, you know, I heard, uh, I think this may have been like the first time I heard Pastor Ken speak, and I was, I was this close to saying, I don't think I should be talking today, because that message was good. It was really good. Um, but hey, my name is Willem. It's so good to be here. And you know, I, I'm in and out of different cultures, and I, let me just be honest with you guys. Is, is it okay? Can we, can we be friends? Um, there's a lot of places that I go to that I pretend like I belong. And so I'm in the Philippines, and I, I kind of pretend, and I will myself to be Filipino. And sometimes, I don't realize that I just look Korean, right? And then I'll go to Korea, and everyone kind of looks like me, but I'm really not like them. You know what I'm saying? Like in my orientation, but when I look at these people right here, right? This is my people, <laughs> right? Because I, I grew up in the Philippines, but I, I went to school here, and it's really interesting kind of like the hybrid culture that we have, right, as Asian Americans, as Korean Americans. And if you go to Asia, you don't really feel like you're completely Asian. If you come to America, you don't feel completely American. But when we're with Asian Americans, right, and I, I feel completely at home here. So thank you for welcoming me. Uh, I've, I've been a missionary to the Philippines for around 13 years. I grew up there. I went there when I was two. And I felt the call of God in my life. And I told him no. Because my parents were missionaries. Man, this mic is just all up in my face. Um, because I saw the way my parents lived. And they lived with nothing. And they would beg for money. And I said, I will never live like that. And I realized that you have to be careful when you say never. Like, God remembers that. And he says, one day, that thing that you never wanted, you're going to do it. And you're going to end up loving doing it. And so currently, I'm a pastor at a, at a Filipino church. And so I, I would appreciate your prayers. Because every night, I pray for revival at our church. I pray that our people would repent. And I believe that's where revival starts. It's when we say, God, you know what? I've put up so many different idols. And I've said, that thing can speak into my life. That thing can tell me what I'm worth. But I've chosen everything else but you. And I, I pray that every day. And I hope that you know, we, could be, we could be friends, right? I, I love the global church. Uh, before I, I start, though, you know, Ken Moksanyam, he, he's taught me so much. He doesn't know it. Right, I don't really say what he's taught me, but I think he's taught me how to play guitar, right? He's taught me how to play tennis, and uh, he taught me how to, how to mask a fart when you're on a date, right? <laughs> so of, of all things, I don't know if he remembers that. So, you know, he, I know he's a holy man, but you know, it's uh, sometimes a little different, all right? So, hey, can you just bow with me in prayer? And uh, let's just ask the Holy Spirit, uh, to be with us. Uh, Lord, 
we just thank you so much that you're going you're gonna to visit us today. Your word, Lord, is alive, and it does not go void. And when we hear the word and when it sinks deep into our hearts, God, I pray that each person in this room would be good soil. And Lord, today you would plant something in that heart. You would plant something in that soil. And it may not grow, but you will water it. You will bloom it. And in season, it will bear fruit. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, this afternoon, my sermon is entitled, uh, Never Thirst. And let me ask you, if I could tell you that you could live life never thirsting. Hi. Oh, by the way, it's my family. Uh, my wife, Shaloa, she's waving at me, right? My wife, Shaloa, my, uh, my, uh, my daughter, Ella, and my son, Jacob, is sleeping, right? So they're with me, too. But what if I, what if I could tell you that you could live life not thirsting? What if I could tell you you could go through life and be satisfied. What would you say? Yeah, I want some of that, right? Do you know that Jesus actually promised that to us? That you could actually live life not thirsting. And so this afternoon, I want to revisit a story that maybe a lot of you have heard before. And if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to John 4. John 4, and I'll, I'll start reading from, from verse 7 to 14. John 4, 7 to 14. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? You see, Jews and Samaritans just did not get along. It was political, it was religious, it was geographical, and they just didn't like each other. Maybe a lot like Koreans and Japanese back in the day, right? But Jesus, instead of going around like most people do, he went straight into this Samaritan town. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink... You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Everyone say, living water with me. Living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Everyone say, thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Everyone say, never thirst. Never. One more time, never thirst. Indeed, the water, I'm training her right. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And this afternoon, I want to share just two things with you. I listened to Pastor Ken's, he had like six points He's just so smart, but I'm like, I, I, I run on like two megs, right? I'm, I'm, I'm very low memory, very low maintenance up here in the brain. So I want to sh share with you just two things, two points that I know if we practice, if we put into practice, 
I believe we will never thirst. Number one, draw from the source. Draw from the source, not the other sources. Draw from the source, not from all the other sources. Where do you draw life from? I want you to look deep into your life. Where do you draw your sense of worth from? Where do you draw your sense of identity from? You know, sometimes I look at all these billboards and everyone's just trying to sell us something. It's all about plastic surgery. Ooh, you go to Korea, it's like the stats are crazy, right? Do you draw your sense of worth from your looks? I know a lot of you do. There's some beautiful people in here, right? Do you draw your sense of worth from your money, your checking account? Do you draw your sense of identity from other people? Oh, you look good today. Oh, is that a nice outfit? Oh, it makes me feel so good. You see, where do you draw your sense of worth? Where do you draw your sense of life from? You see, if you draw your sense of life from all these other sources, you will thirst again. You see, I don't know about you, but I, I love to exercise. I know it's not that obvious, right? You don't got to say it, <laughs> right? But I love to exercise, right? And, um, and I remember that one time we were playing tennis in Malaysia, uh, Ken Moksenim and myself. We were playing until like, like 11 o'clock, right? And I think... Did I beat you? No, I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I beat him. He's my tennis teacher, right? But you know, you know how like some people who likes to exercise here. Can you raise your hand? Oh yeah, look at these fit, fit brothers and sisters, right? And there's some people, and and, and everyone likes to exercise kind of differently, right? There's some people who like to exercise, and their definition of exercise is just kind of walking through the mall, right? Like eight thousand steps. I'm good, I walk into Gucci, I'll buy a purse. Like, I'm, like, I've done my steps. And then there's some people who like to exercise and they're just kind of jogging through the park, right? But you see, I don't know if any, any one of you can relate to me, but I love to exercise to the point that it just kind of hurts. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it's kind of painful and I feel like I'm almost gonna, like, just die. Like I'm out of breath and I'm, uh, you know, it's like an hour of CrossFit with a little bit of Zumba. Yeah, I'm, I'm secure in that. It's okay. You know, and, and just a little bit of hit. And after, the, after that, you just kind of, have you ever been so out of breath? You're just kind of, <sighs> right? You can't even stand up on your own. You're kind of leaning on your friend like, oh, don't talk to me, man. <sighs> right? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Give me something to drink. Give me something to drink, right? What if you went up to me and you had just finished your 6,000 calorie exercise regimen? You don't have to exercise for the next two weeks. And you come up to me and say, give me something to drink. I told you, you know what? I don't got anything, but I got, I got some Sprite, right? Oh, you open up that can of Sprite because that's all you got. And I don't know about you, but I love Sprite, 
right? And you're drinking that, and the carbonation actually feels like it's kind of cutting through the thirst, right? You know how Koreans, after they drink, ah, like, you got to make that sound. Or else it's not like you drank anything, ah, right? And you drink your cider, right? And you're like, ah, right? You see what happens after five minutes? You thirst again. I can give you another can of Sprite, and you can drink the whole thing, and you will thirst again. I can give you an entire case. I hope there's no one here that works for Sprite. (laughs) I can give you an entire case of Sprite, and you can drink as much of it as you wanted, but you will thirst again and again and again. And you see, you can draw from all these sources that the world is telling you. If you do this, you will be happy. If only I had that promotion, that my life is solved. If only I had that man. If only I had that girl. Oh, I would be solved. But you know what? All these things will cause you to thirst again. And it's like this woman who came to the well over and over and over again. And later on, we find out that she was married five times, right? Five times. I mean, can you imagine that? It's like, oh, yeah, I I think this guy, I think he's the one. He's so good looking, and he plays in the worship band. I do. I really do. I don't like you anymore. I call it quits right? Second one comes around. Oh, he's from a good family, right? Oh, he's a pastor, right? Oh, man, he's, he's so kind. He's so generous. He knows my love language. I do. I do. I don't like you anymore. Shut up. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't like you, right? Yeah, translate for our brother over here. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to exclude, right? But This happened over and over and over again. I wonder how many of us keep going back to the well. Let's just kind of have an honest conversation. I wonder how many of us, myself included, keep going to that well that does not satisfy. That leaves you thirsting again and again and again. And I love what what Jesus said here. He said in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, if you knew, I kind of feel like Jesus kind of did a head roll, right? If you knew, if you only knew, like, do you know who you're talking to? You know, so I went to a school, you know, a lot of brothers and sisters there, right? I was like the only Asian in my school, so I'm, you know, But it's almost like if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink. Like, I'm asking you, woman, for a drink. But if you knew who it is that asks you for a drink, if you knew the irony of this situation, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And Jesus is saying, I am standing right in front of you. And I think he's saying to all of us, hey, look, if you only knew who was standing right before you, 
If you only knew who is in your life, if you only knew who wants to abide in you, you would ask me for living water. Church, what is your source? Who do you draw from? And let me just give you one simple application. Go to him. Oh, that's so simple, isn't it? I'm proud of that one. Go to him. See, sometimes I think we go to everyone else and then God. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is God to you? First option, last resort. Right? Hey, see, I don't know about you. Sometimes I'll talk to my mom. I'll talk to my dad. Sometimes I'll even ask my pastor. And then I'll realize, you know what? I can go to Jesus. Right? You see, I don't know. I, I, I came from a, from a Christian home. I get some water. I'm going to get some living water up in here. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm not really used to this mic. You know, I'm, I'm actually kind of crazy when I preach. But, you know, I, I, I grew up in a Christian home, but I never knew the love of God. Right? And it was always that God who wanted something from me. It, it was always that God who wanted, to just, who wanted me to sacrifice more. Yeah, Yoshimiya there. Huh? Right? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to sacrifice for God. There's no happiness in the Lord. Get that smile off your face, boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, where's that? You know, you either got to be like praying and crying, or you got to be like, oh, I'm doing something for God. You know, it was always in the extremes, right? And I remember when I went to college, right, I went down to UC Irvine. I said, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore, God. You're a jerk. You're just this policeman, right? What do policemen do? Just waiting. Who's going to do something wrong? It's not like, right, uh, this was supposed to be a speed gun. I'm not, I'm not here for a political, this ain't no political, you know. I live overseas. Speed gun, right? Okay. What do policemen do? They wait for you to do something wrong. You see, that was God to me. And I remember I said, you know what, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. And I went to college, man. I went off the deep end. I said, I'm not going to go to church. I went to church on Wednesday, on Friday, Sunday. I spent the whole day at church, right? Morning service, afternoon service, evening service. I was sick of God. And I remember that was the darkest time of my life. I got into drugs. Lots of alcohol. Just didn't care. I think I'm a, I might have died a couple times. I almost died a couple times. And I still remember that night when God met me. And it was crazy because I was high. Right? And the God, and the God who I know, it's like this God, I got to be all clean. I got to take off my shoes. I got to be perfect, and then I can approach, oh, Lord, right? But you see, I was at my worst. I was at my darkest. I was at my dirtiest, and it was at that very moment that God invaded my life, and he had one message for me, and he said, I love you, son. 
I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're going to do. The only thing you need to know is that I love you. Come home to me. And you, so it's, it's so simple, isn't it? But go to God. His arms are open for you. And it might sound cheesy. It might sound like a Hallmark card, but it's true. His arms are just waiting for you. And so when you're going through a challenge, when you're going through some dark moments, when you're rejoicing, would you go to God? Would you just go to him? Would you make him your first option and not your last resort? Is that okay, church? Can we do that? Draw from the source and not from all the other sources. All that stuff is going to keep you thirsty. But this, this source is living water. All right? Number two. When you draw from the source, you have more to give. When you draw from the source, you've got more to give. And Jesus, he answered this. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them, I am the source, the water that I give them will never thirst. I just want that never thirst, those two words, just to keep ringing in your brain for the next week. Never thirst, never thirst. Draw from the source, never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I'm not that smart, so let me, let me read what a scholar said about this passage. He said, but Jesus takes this promise a step further. It is not simply an experience that changes our state. Meaning, your faith is not an experience that simply changes your state from regular to born again. You see, that's not what Christianity is all about. It's not just something that you change on your Facebook status, right? I'm Christian now, right? No, no, no. That's not what it's about. But it is a dynamic experience. Everyone say dynamic experience with me. That makes a life as living as the water itself. Did you get that? It, if, if, if Christ is in you, your life is brimming with the same life that is in him. And you see, sometimes I think that we think that our life of faith is supposed to be a nice, cool, calm lake, right? No ripples, no waves. Oh, I'm a Christian now, right? Oh, you better stop talking like that. Mm-mm. You go to Togam's church. Uh-uh, we don't do that here. Right? You know what I'm saying? Right? Mm, you better stop smoking. You better stop that. Uh-uh, Christians, no. And we think that a life of faith, you're supposed to have this, this, this calm, serene, peaceful. And when you look at, when you look at, you can see your own reflection. And you start, where does my reflection, you know, 
Right? Like Mulan. Right? We think our Christian life is supposed to be like that. Right? But Jesus is saying here, that's not the case. That's not what your life of faith is. He says that as I pour my living water into you, as you keep drinking the living water that I give you, what happens is that your life begins to overflow. You're not supposed to keep the living water. It's not for you to hoard, but it's supposed to overflow in your life. It's supposed to bubble up in your life, and you are to be a blessing to wherever you go. That living water is supposed to be a fountain and not a lake. What does your life look like? Let me ask you. Let me just ask for a little introspection here. What does your life look like? Is it like a peaceful pond? Or is it a fountain? And you see, my point was, when you draw from the source, you have more to give. And about three months ago, my, my family and I, you know, we live in the tropical country, and so there's some diseases there that don't exist here, right? And those mosquitoes are crazy, right? And, and you know, in tropical countries, you have things like malaria. You guys heard of malaria, right? But uh, there's another disease called dengue. Have you guys heard of that? Like the dengue virus, right? Some call it the dang virus, right? So the dengue virus, and, and, you know, to be honest with you, it's one of those diseases or sicknesses that you think you're never going to get. As a pastor, I've, I've visited people. Am I okay on time? How much time do I have? I can go kind of, you know, okay. But I've always visited people who have dengue, you know, and, like, I never thought I would get it. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like am I... I don't want to be ageist, right? Like arthritis. I mean, come on. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't ever think, because I'm, I'm young like you guys, right? We don't ever think like, I'm going to get arthritis, right? And it's just one of those things that we thought we would never get. And I remember my, my, my daughter started having fever. Yes, you. My daughter started having a fever, right? And we went to the doctor and they said, well, well she has dengue. Like What? We have screen doors. I go around with a samurai stick, you know, with those, those tennis racket looking like. I do that like I used to do that like 30 minutes a day, just trying to protect my family because I'm the man. I got to protect my family. Right. Come on, man. We don't got no dengue in our house. Right. And so we had to check her into the hospital. Right. Because dengue begins to affect your platelets, your blood. It begins to attack the platelets, and, and some people have died from it, right? And so there, my, 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 my daughter, she's hospitalized, right? And then I'm supposed to do a wedding the next day. And so there I was in my black suit, my newly tailored white shirt, and my black tie, and I'm preparing for the message. And I'm feeling like, oh, man, this is so bad. The doctor walks in, and she says... You ain't doing no wedding. Mm -mm -mm. She takes one look at me and says, your fire is gone. You got dengue too. Right? And then a couple days later, we find out that my wife 
she has that need, right? So it's the three of us, and it's me, my daughter, and my wife is in another room. Right? We're thinking, who's going to take care of our boy, right? We've got a two-year-old boy. And so we're calling church members. Can you please babysit him for a bit, right? He's so cute, so you can pay us, right? <laughs> and so, he, and then the, the next week, my son started showing symptoms, and he was tested. And so all four of us, all four of us had dengue. And, and, and I, don't know, I don't know what happened. I think it was all their pain kind of went to me, right? Um, but I had it the worst, right? It was so bad. I just wanted to die. The pain is sort of like the flu times five. They call it break bone disease. And so I'm walking around, and I, it's so painful. The only thing I can eat are pears and apples. And I, I started saying, God, why is this happening to me? Man, it's one thing if, if just one of us got it. Man, that's cool. Right? It's all right. But all four of us. And, and hospitals are expensive in the Philippines, right? So everything is kind of like out of pocket. So it's not only like, oh, we're going to get well, but I'm thinking, can you please get me out of this hospital so I don't have to pay so much, right? And I remember just sitting there, and I had that Job moment. And it felt like God was just taking everything away from me. And I was saying, God, why is this happening to me? And I remember in the depth of my despair, in the depth of my darkness, in the depth of my questioning, there was a voice that told me, Willem, worship me. What? Willem, worship me. I don't care what you're going through. You worship me not because you feel like it. And it's not because everything around you is all nice. But you worship me because I am God. Because I am on the throne. Because I am worthy. And that was such a marker in my life. Because when I had nothing to give, God asked me to give him back my worship. You see, when you draw from the source, you have more to give. And when you look at this lady, she was the most marginalized woman in that town. She was that woman where they said, don't go near that house. Son, get away from her. She would have to draw water by herself in the heat of the day because all the women wouldn't associate with her. But when she encountered Jesus... When she encountered the living water, the fountain began to bubble up, and all of a sudden, she was spreading salvation in her neighborhood. All of a sudden, this woman who was thirsting again and again had something to give. Where are you drawing your source from? And I believe God beckons us again and again and again to come back to him, to draw from him, 
to drink deeper from him. Where are you drawing your source from, church? You see, I believe it's also all about giving. I know you're thinking, oh, this guest preacher talking about giving. Oh, I'm going to go there. Okay, let me go there. You see, you will always thirst if you don't give. I'll just tell you that straight up. You will always thirst if you do not give. And I'm not here to guilt trip anybody, right? But you see, I talk to people who don't give. Do you know what they always say? They sing the same exact song. Never enough. You guys know that song? Right? <laughs> never enough. Right? It's never enough. They got all the money in the world. But people who don't give, the people who don't tithe, it's always never enough. Pujokeo. Right? Sometimes words sounds better in Korean, right? It's never enough. But you know what? For people who give, for people who tithe, for people who have cultivated that discipline. Do you know what they say to me? Oh, Pastor, I'm so blessed. I am so blessed. You see, if you want to live a life where you never thirst, you have to give. If you do everything else, but if you do not give, you will thirst. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to draw that line in the sand because I'm, I'm a guest speaker. Like, I'm not going to be back next week. I'm going to draw that line in the sand. If you do not give, you will always thirst. It will never be enough. And I remember I learned how to give through my mom. Right? Oh, bless her. Right? I, you know, I love my mom, and sometimes I just want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I visited her two weeks ago. I'm 39, but sometimes she just still gets under my skin, right? I remember my mom, she would repeat things over and over again. I remember she would always say this. Ulima! You know what I'm saying? Ulima! Right? Yeah. No. Right? Let me just translate for you, brother, right? That's my name, right? The tenth. Break it off. Take it away. Do it for sure. Why? That's how you honor the Lord. Who gives you the capacity to work? Who gives you the capacity who gives you your talents and your skills and your gifts? Honor him. And it says in the scriptures, it says this, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. You know, there's some people that say, oh, you know what, man, my treasure, my treasure is in my kids. My treasure is in here. No, 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 no. Your treasure is right in your mind. It's right in your wallet. Let me just, just be straight up with you. That's where everyone's treasure is. 
But you see, when you give, you give your heart. And you see, God isn't so much concerned about him getting your money. Ken Moksanyan, I would safely say, is not so concerned about just getting your money. This church is not concerned with just taking your money. But they are concerned with you giving your entire heart. You get what I'm saying? Your entire heart to the Lord. And you see, I've been giving for 15 years now. And my wife, she will testify. We live on support. And I am the most blessed. I've made the least amount of money, and I've given the most in my entire life. But my cup always overflows. What about you? Maybe you haven't been giving. Start. Don't wait for the feeling. Just start. The feeling will follow. And if you've been giving, let me tell you one thing. Faith is a muscle. you got to exercise your faith. And if you've been giving, just last month, God told me to just give more. And I'm telling you, exercise your faith. Grow your faith. Give more. Because I promise you, God promises that when you trust him, when you give your heart to him, when you give because you love him, never thirst. Just bow with me for a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, you are so good. And we talk about giving, but we have to remind ourselves that we can only give because you gave so much. You gave your own life. It says in the scriptures, we love because he first loved us. And so, God, I pray that our life would be a response. And this morning, uh, this afternoon, I don't want to leave this place. If the, if the Lord is speaking to you, I don't want you to leave this place without making a decision, without making a choice. And you see, I believe that there are people in this room and Perhaps you've been drawing from all the other sources. Maybe you've been drawing from your family. You've been drawing from the world. You've been drawing from your friends. But this afternoon, Jesus is saying, draw from me. You're tired, draw from me. You've got weights you need to carry. You've got a heavy load on your shoulders. Draw from me because I will give you rest. And I don't want to embarrass anybody. But maybe you've been sitting here and you want to make that decision. You know what? I, want, I just want to start drawing from Jesus. I want to start drawing from him. And if that's you, nobody looking around, I want to pray for you. And I just want you to just quickly, in courage and in confidence and in boldness, I just want you to raise your hand. I don't want to embarrass you, any, anyone. I want to draw from Jesus. Just raise your hand. I see you. I see you. I see you in the back. I see you. I see you. I see hands. Anyone else? I just want to start drawing from Jesus. Draw from him. You can put your hands down. Let me just pray for you. Dear Lord, would you be our source? Would you remind us, Lord, that you give life and you came so that we can have life abundantly, and that is only through you.
God, we want to thank you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the life. We thank you for the love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.